everyone, and welcome to another Overcast Gamer Show. Uh, it's the 6th of March, and we're joined again, uh, as per usual. I'm joined by the man, far cry from buying any more Ubisoft games, it's Regan Harper. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? And also on my left here, we've got uh, the man who puts the O back in MMORPG, it's uh, Balthazar Valentine. Hey, what's up? <laughs> uh, we've got some good chat for you guys today, as per usual. We're going to go through what we've been playing. We've got quite a good list here as well. A uh, bit of news, some Uncharted stuff, some stuff to do with uh, Activision and them pulling out of E3. Uh, I think we're all uh, you know, relatively pleased with that. Um, <laughs> and a little bit of discussion, No Man's Sky and some other things. So we'll just jump straight into it. Um, uh, just before over. we do, though, yeah, yeah. I think we should say thanks for those amazing uh, wee intros. That was nice. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah. No worries. No did worries. You, this, uh, how long did you spend on those? Well, uh, to be honest, probably only about 20 minutes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only <laughs> That's great. I'm, 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 you know, I appreciate the uh, the sentiment mm. though. No, it's good. It's nice. It's nice <laughs> to have sort of that ring in to the to the podcast. You make, you know, you make us feel I'll, welcome and I'll, all that stuff. Oh, absolutely. I'll keep them going. Oh, every every week. Oh, expect some of those. Looking forward to the continued creative yeah. creativity. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to pass over to you, actually, Regan. First of all, what have you been playing, man? Uh, that is a good question. I've sort of had a bit of a mishmash over the last couple of weeks uh, of. Um, a Wii Mobile game, um, which I m- mentioned a wee while ago in mm-hmm. one of the pods that, that was happening. Uh, and then uh, a bit of Super Meat Boy, because that's been sitting in my PlayStation library for nice. since, since it was free. Uh, nice. and, and some other bits and pieces. So, um, yeah, the the Android game, or the, the, the Touch game, shall we say, uh, is was the, the re-release of Final Fantasy IX. Um, the best of the Final Fantasies. Apparently the best of the yeah. Final Fantasies. Um, Hugh, yeah, I mean... If you don't know too much about this particular uh, this particular iteration of, of the Final Fantasy games, it was sort of like a send-off to the first eight games, I suppose you could say. Eh? Mm-hmm. Um, seven and eight have been hugely popular. They have been based around sort of futuristic sci-fi kind of settings. Right. Uh, and then nine was kind of the last, it was going to be the last Final Fantasy on that generation of console, and mm-hmm. I had I, 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 it seemed like it was sort of a send-off and it was very much more based in the medieval kind of realm rather right. than the sci-fi. Yeah. Right, right. And it summed up the whole of all of the games previous to that. Um, so apparently, it was really good, but I never played it. Did, yeah. did you guys did you play I it? I did, yeah. I mean, I picked it up on PS1. Um, it was back when kind of... Uh, I, was, I was young at the time in what? When did it come out? 97, 98 Something maybe? Like that, yeah. um, and a friend of mine was playing Final Fantasy VIII. Um, but we didn't know it was Final Fantasy VIII. He was just playing Final Fantasy. And I was like, man, this game's cool. I'm going to go get it. So I went and got Final Fantasy, but it was Final Fantasy IX. Um, <laughs> I preferred the one I got to the yeah. one he had, so it worked out. And nine has ever since been my favourite of the Final Fantasies, I think mm. because it is that combination of a generation of games, yeah. kind of the send-off for everything right. and the nods to everything that had happened so far. Um, yeah, it, it was really cool. Yeah, it seems um, really cool. I'm, I'm sort yeah. of... I'm maybe... Uh, three or four hours because essentially being mobile it's really easy just to kind of sit down for 10 minutes after your breakfast mm-hmm. and kind of thrash through a little bit mm-hmm. um, and yeah so I'm not sort of like sitting down and playing it I guess that's the drawback to it being on that kind of that sort of uh, I guess platform is that it's the screen's like you know yeah, only a few inches wide yeah. so you can't really sit down and play it for hours which is sort of it's in just, a way what you want to do yeah with it, it's with just the emulating the size of the CRT screen but yeah, I would have played yeah. it on back then anyway yeah so. absolutely <laughs> on on the on either side of that there's there's little bars there that um, they're just nothing 
they haven't extended it out to be mm. the right ratio. Oh, okay, yeah, like it's that. not 16 by 9. No, or, yeah, it's whatever. Whatever the old 2 4 by 3, 3 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Let me just ask you guys, because I am completely uneducated about Final Fantasy, and I literally only know that there's one guy with a gene leg that's higher than the other gene leg on the front of 10. <laughs> I thought that was... Yeah, 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 no, got it, it was on um, 10. Yeah. <laughs> is there a through line Titus. in these games? Like, is there characters that come back in in certain games is it just thematically They're, relevant yes and no like so there's there's the main characters the stories the worlds are all completely different right from yeah. from game to game okay but there are sort of tropes that they bring back chocobo or something yeah like yeah exactly chocobos, chocobos. Uh, there's always a character called sid yep. in every oh, single game okay. um, there's usually a bigs and a wedge um, so yeah, game, there's, yeah. Like, there's, but there's just characters that come back in in different roles okay. with the same names, and they can be entirely different. Right. Um, but they, so that's that's kind of the extent to how it carries through. I mean, I guess the the real carryover is, is sort of these systems and the styles and, and all that kind of stuff. Right, and, right. And, and the the grand stories. So and, it's and, the epitome of the spiritual sequel, I guess. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It it carries on everything that made the game what it was without mm. actually directly carrying anything from that game. Right, so the narrative stays yeah. behind. And, um, and though I will say that Final Fantasy XIV throws all that out the window and it's just cameos all the time. It's like, his cloud, his squall. Lightning just appeared out of a portal <laughs> in the fucking sky. Like, it's just, you know, it's yeah. just like, you're in a land where shit happens. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, playing this game on a mobile platform has been kind of interesting um, in that you can pick it up and it, it can be bite-sized chunks. Um, the the immediate like downside to me um, at the beginning was I was thinking to myself, man, like cause the the thing about those old Final Fantasy games is you can't save at any old you spot. Have You've got to have to get to, oh, right. to to particular save spots. Yep. They look different in each Final Fantasy as well. In this one, it's you've got to find yeah, Moogle, yeah. and, and and he goes, yeah, let's save, and then he opens a book and he writes down your save in a book kind of things. Mm -hmm. It's all very old school, but um, I was freaking out because I was like, oh, I finished my breakfast this morning, and I'm still <laughs> yeah. kind of twenty minutes away from from the next Moogle, um, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna have to do it, have to go to work, close down, open back up. Turns out there's an auto save, which is really cool. Oh, that's um, nice. nice. So yeah, which is which is was unexpected. So, so what, what's the point of the manual save then? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I um I maybe if you wanted to have save states that you could go back to further right. on down oh, the track, yeah, perhaps, yeah, 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 so sure. you were, yeah. something like that. If you really ball something up, yeah, mm -hmm. which is possible. Like I did yeah. with the first time I played Final Fantasy IX, and I got to a boss, and the only way to kill it was with lightning magic. Somehow, just hadn't learned lightning. <laughs> Hadn't learned it. So, or thunder it is in that, isn't it? And I had not learned thunder. So I was like, oh, well, crap. And being a kid, I didn't have multiple save files either. I had to save right before the boss. And I was like, uh, oh, I have yeah. to start the entire fucking game again. Because oh, oh, I am fucked. <laughs> Talking about that, like, when my first intro to Final Fantasy was 7, and we hired it out, and we had no idea what we were doing. And we, like, we, to the point where we didn't even know how to, like, we were in a battle, and we didn't know how to, bring up the dialogue box to do something we didn't realize yeah. it was a time-based thing and we were like mashing the buttons going who do i attack i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> so we managed to figure that out and then we got into the game and we really enjoyed it once we got over that hurdle but we got through to like a long way through this game like maybe to sort of the the, the third um third disc or something starting the third disc mm -hmm. And um, this was a group of three of us who would all would, would do all nighters and take turns on this game to kind of get through it, kind of thing. And um, 
I think it was me that saved over our, our game save. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we had one save game that was the save game, and I was like, I'm gonna start a new my own game. Started my own game right before the first boss. Saved over our our, our big oh. one. Man, my my mates were dark. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Ha- having siblings who play games as well, like we always had our own save save states, and if, if someone saved over someone else's, oh, it was yeah. hell to pay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah. Anywho, um, so the that's kind of my thoughts on on that. The game's still great. There's also like extra perks that are built into that version. Like, um, you know, if you're not wanting to play through it normally, you can there's a fast mode, so you can speed it up and. Oh, like essentially the the GBA uh, hold down spacebar GBA emulator yeah, exactly. style thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's cool. um, and yeah, some other bits and pieces you can turn on a thing that just means that every attack does nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Um, so you can just. You can breach the game for the people who don't really want to like go through the grinding of it. You know, yeah. so, that's, so that's appealing to me. Yeah, totally. You get yeah. Um, the other thing is the price point. It was about I think like twenty dollars or so. Yeah. So so not not super cheap. Uh, but I guess if you don't have access to an old PlayStation One with a relatively rare copy of this this game, mm-hmm. um, it's a good way to get. It. So yeah. Um, and what, so your other game was Super Meat Boy, you said. As Super well. Meat Boy, yeah. yeah. So it's been sitting in my my PlayStation library since it was on PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I don't remember what month that was yeah. last year. Three, 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 four months. Yeah. Um, ordinarily, and I only got it because I'd heard of it, and mm-hmm. I was like, I know the name of that game. I'll just save it to my library. Uh, ordinarily, like I said um, when I comment made comments on the last podcast about Unravel, not a huge platform gamer. Yep. But this is awesome. It is. Loving it. I'm actually great. starting to think that I'm becoming a bit of a platformer. <laughs> it's it's excellent. Um, super frantic. Like having gone from playing Unravel and then I mean the, the platformers I played before that was like, uh, you know Sonic and, and these kind of games and then maybe like uh, <laughs> my girlfriend has a copy of Rayman. Oh yeah. On uh, yeah. on Xbox. So yeah. that, that was kind of fun and, and sort of hard as. But yeah, Super Meat Boy, whole new world. <laughs> yeah, that game is intense. Oh yeah, um, and I really enjoy the way that at the end of a of a level, it shows you all of your attempts yeah. overlaid upon yeah, one it's another, good. and it's just gold. You see some <laughs> ridiculous attempts in there, and then the one lone survivor that makes it to the end of the level and, and gets so. But yeah, it's it's really cool. Like the the way it kind of comes together with the art style. The, the frantic music and um, and the ridiculous character like, is it Doctor Fetus? Yeah, 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 yeah. brilliant, brilliant. Doctor Doctor Baby, the fetus in a jar with the yeah. top hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like all the story that they've built around that is there's Meat Boy, Super Meat Boy, Bandage Girl, and Doctor Fetus. Yeah, and Doctor Fetus ain't so happy about this thing that those two have going on, and so he's decided he's going. <laughs> and that's it. That's all you've got. That's all you get. Go, go for it. And there's all sorts of great little homages in there um, to various other video games. Like there's a Street Fighter one one time where you're, where you're facing up against a boss and it shows that, I'm not sure if you guys are too familiar with Street Fighter, but it, when you're pitted against one another, it sort of has a, a lower camera angle and both faces are quite close to the screen and mm. they're sort of like going like this. And, and someone just lightning bang and just like middle. punches the other one out. Mm. And that happens to Super Meat Boy. You see Meat Boy and, mm. and he just gets smack and like punches one of the, after you beat the boss, that's what he does. Yeah. It's real cool, little, little uh, winks and nods. Yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, no, not too much to say on that, really, other than that it's super fun, um, quite hard. Yes. And, yeah, yeah which, <laughs> which is fine. Like, after having played easy platformers in the past, it's cool to be like this thing that's like, fuck, 
this game is so simple yet so infuriating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, a t- in an entirely different way to things like The Witness. Um, so that's cool. And aside from that, actually, um, having seen all the, the videos and things that are coming out for the next Hitman game, I decided yesterday that I was going to go downtown and see if I could find an old copy of one of the Hitman games. Oh, nice. And managed to find a PlayStation 3, uh, one of those HD classic remakes. Oh, excellent. So got Hitman 2. Mm-hmm. Hitman Contracts and Hitman Blood Money all on the one disc. Nice one. So convenient. Excellent. Um, and so I spent this morning um, trying them out. The first two on the disc, nah, couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> too, too old. Too old, too yeah. clunky. Like the controls are just like, oh my God, how did you guys decide upon this control layout? Like, what, you know, um, like he, he walks, or was it the other way around? No, in the first one, he walks at all times unless you hold down uh l2 and then he'll jog or something like that and then they figured out later on that they need to swap those around to make it make sense and then to fire was basically just r2 and there was no means of actually aiming first yeah, right, right so right. you know just just weird shit like that that yeah. obviously was the game was made yonks ago and they hadn't really thought about that stuff so Things like that, but um, the, the third one on the disc, Blood Money, started playing that this morning. Really cool. It's really excellent. Cool. Blood yeah. Money is the, the best one, I reckon, so yeah. far. It's um, fantastic. I'm sort of liking that it doesn't hold your hand. Like, it goes, here's the level. This is what you need to do. Yep. Go for it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and while that's a, it can be a little bit tough, and at this, the beginning I was kind of like, fuck, I, don't, I have no idea what I'm doing mm-hmm. here. Um, it's also awesome because it gives you all those opportunities to actually figure that shit, that shit out yourself. It just gives you that big sandbox to play around yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and still getting the hang of sort of, because uh, there's no real feedback around around sort of like, um, you know, vision cones and that kind of thing with the right. people on the level. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of just learning when they can and can't see you and, and you know, what's a good idea or how long you can leave it dead body in a corridor before someone finds it yep. these kinds of things so yep. it's cool I'm enjoying it um, awesome man awesome you, you're gonna jump into the new Hitman uh, beta I mean I think you can download the beta at the moment yeah something like that um, yeah I think I will yep. um, it's I mean it's all tied up with, with, with money restrictions but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it's uh, it it harkens back to the days of, of games like GoldenEye where there were like just big open levels yeah. Uh, objectives, and you could just go and get it done. Yeah. Um, whether you wanted to go through and just murder everyone in your path, yep. which can be great, or alternatively stealth sneak, it up. Stealth it up. Yep. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, so I think I will. Awesome. Man. So stay tuned for some some thoughts and comments on on the new Hitman yeah. game. Mm. Awesome. Uh, Balthazar, man, what have you been uh, jamming? Um, it's been an odd fortnight for me, really, in terms of games. There's been no sort of consistent main head runner title. Mm-hmm. Um, I just been downloading freebies on Steam, really, giving them a go, like seeing what friends have been playing and just being like, oh, I'll jump in and play it with you and, okay. and, and trying stuff out. Um, so, I mean, the, the most notable things I've been playing are um, Robocraft. Now, this one is is pretty fun. <laughs> um, it's it's You build a robot very sort of in a Minecraft-esque way where okay. you, you, you have a, a gun which basically selects blocks and then it shoots the blocks. And so you, you build your robot and you can give it legs, wheels, hover, jets propellers all of the above if you want um, right. create some deformed monstrosity like i did um 
It was and then great. you put guns. It was, it was a thing of beauty. <laughs> it uh, it had legs and wheels, um, and it looked like a crippled dog because it would pull itself forward. <laughs> it would like its front legs would move, and then it would just drag its back half along oh, behind like it. Oh, that's the helper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was pretty great, but yeah. And then you just chuck some guns on it, and then you go, and it's PvP, and it's you know teams of sort of eight v eight or whatever, and you're just blowing each other up. Uh, the goal is to capture the opponent's base by destroying it. So. Throughout the map, there's little towers, and by capturing the towers, also done by shooting them. It's not very creative. Everything is just shoot it, and something happens. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> by shooting these towers throughout the map, you gain control of them, and as long as you hold at least one tower, you have a shield around your base. And if you have a shield around your base, then enemies have to go through the shield to attack your base. Okay. Um, but if you take all the towers on the map, so your opponent has none, there's no shield, and you can just snipe it from across the map. Um, and yeah, pretty much you just go into the enemy base, shoot it up, victory. Um, yeah, it's a fun game. I have a friend who's been playing it for a long time. Um, he's always been trying to get me to go into it, so I was like, alright, I'll give it a go. And a new update just came out where you can finally have multiple weapon types. Oh, okay. So previously you could have as many of one gun as you wanted on your robot, um, but you could only have that one gun. They've now introduced a system where you can have as many different types of guns as you want, um, and you use sort of one through to zero on your keyboard to uh, swap what gun you're using. And they all share a cooldown, so you can't kind of constantly swap to keep something shooting at all times. When you're on cooldown, your whole robot's on cooldown kind okay. of thing. Um, but no, it's just very fun, because it means you no longer have to make that brutal decision of, I either want the amazing anti-aircraft missiles, which mean if there's flyers on the enemy team, they are gone and there's nothing they can do, but I can't do shit against land units, or I want rail guns, so I blow the crap out of land units, but flyers will just speedily go over me, drop bombs, and take me out. Now you can be like, sweet, rail guns and anti-aircraft missiles. Nice. <laughs> um, which has made flying seem somewhat unviable, because everyone has the means to take them out instantly uh, yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure they'll balance that and someone will come up with something and then there'll be overpowered flies again in no time. Are these um, robots governed by the laws of physics? So I'm just imagining you build one and you build one with a giant arm and a, and a tiny arm. Is it like lopsided uh, as it's going along? So I'm not too sure because I haven't done a lot with asymmetry. But uh, the friend who I've been playing with, he made something which would suggest that physics does play a part in the way they okay. move. Um, he effectively just made like three blocks, put skis underneath, and then covered the whole thing in rocket thrusters. <laughs> and it was hilarious to watch this thing move. Like, he it would be a straight shot to an enemy. He'd hit forwards, and it would just lift off into the air, spin around, crash into mountain, do nothing. Like, but it was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> so it's definitely a fun game to check out. It's free on Steam because it's kind of built with Minecraft blocks and stuff. It's not graphically demanding. Most PCs would be able to handle it and yep. it's just a fun, like a, yeah, fun way to kill an afternoon. Yeah. yeah. It sounds um, like it sounds like Armor Core mixed with Kerbal Space Project mixed <laughs> with like I don't know, some more Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's good. Um and I had some fun with that. Um then I've been trying uh, so a game I played a well I said a long time ago, a couple of years ago now, uh, when the PS4 first came out was Warframe. Because um, let's admit, when the PS4 came out, there were no games. No, there was nothing. Um, so I was just downloading all of the free-to-play games, mm -hmm. trying to find something to make me keep using my $700 box of nothing at the time. Yep. Um, and yeah, I got really into Warframe. It, it had you know decent gunplay. Um, you were basically like robot cyborg suits um, flying across the universe, killing shit. And mm -hmm. again, it was four-player co-op, or you could just go in on your own. Um, but 
I, I, while I played a lot of it, um, I, and by a lot, I mean literally like probably a couple of hundred hours. Wow. Um, eventually, it just went dead on PlayStation. No one plays it on PlayStation anymore. It's gone. Um, so I was like, all right, real games are out now, whatever. I've moved on. But I've got a friend playing it on Steam now. And so I was like, all right, I'll load it up on Steam, see the difference? Immediate differences being that the game's had a massive overhaul since I last played it. Complete overhaul. Um, movement has completely changed. Before, they were just kind of robots now they're ninja robots that kind of <laughs> double jump and run along walls and backflips and all this crazy shit they've completely overhauled the melee fighting system um just everything they've changed it and it so that's kind of cool because it feels like a different game it doesn't feel like i'm retreading old water kind mm -hmm, of thing mm -hmm. especially since your account it's not a warframe account it's like a ps4 account on warframe and a steam account on warframe so oh, i'm back okay. to square one i've lost my like every frame that i had every gun my rank 18 whatever it must be hard um, for you to deal with as, as a completionist yeah gamer. yeah when i go Shit in and i'm like oh yeah like i just that. want to hop on my frost prime ah oh, all i have is the one i chose to start with that's it <laughs> <laughs> this sucks um but yeah no it's it's cool because the servers are full pc definitely like yeah the ps4 servers just died no one plays them anymore mm -hmm. but it seems that steam has always had and is continuing to have a strong community for that game i guess just because Steam slash PC is where you go for free-to-play games. So yep. that's where the communities for free-to-play games are. Um, and yeah, so you know, you go to join a mission and bam, instantly you've got a team of four and you're in it straight away, no problems. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that. I've only played it for a couple of hours um, with them because I am at that point where I'm like, do I want to get into this again? Do I want to accept that I've lost everything and right. get it all back again? Or do I just want to cut my losses and never touch this again and not, <laughs> not get lost down this rabbit hole again? Um but it is definitely something that, that was worth me trying out because, as I said, they've changed it a lot. It's a complete overhaul. It doesn't look anything like it used to. It doesn't play anything like it used to. Like, yeah. It's completely different. So it's been fun, but I don't know if I'm going to kind of keep going with right, it or just, right. just leave it as is. Are the free-to-play aspects that noticeable in that game? Um, it doesn't sort of mush it in your face. Yeah, no. It's it's an interesting one because the everything in the game can be obtained legitimately or with paid currency mm -hmm. um so it's not really pay to win because yes you can pay to get things straight away which are potentially inherently stronger than what you start with but there is zero lockout whatsoever like you can get it all in the game right, you get right, blueprints right. by playing the game and then you go get the parts from different planets and then you use the parts with the blueprint to make the thing mm -hmm. and it doesn't even take that long um but as soon as you actually get into kind of as soon as you get out of the tutorials and get into the open world aspect where you can choose where you fly to and what you know what missions you do you can see in the overview kind of these are the parts that will be obtainable on these planets and stuff like that so it's like cool i need this this and this to make this gun so you just go to those planets do a mission on each craft the gun kind of thing okay. so it's like maybe an hour to craft something specific buy it instantly for five bucks it's yeah. like yeah it's it's not that noticeable as kind of a game that would require payment at all right. okay. so i mean on on ps4 i did i think i probably over the kind of year that i played it probably spent about 50 dollars over a year um just getting stuff there are some things that can't be obtained in the game that you do need to pay for but they have no statistical benefits whatsoever we're talking purely cosmetic, skins, cosmetic stuff yeah so yeah, like i've uh, never understood cosmetic things there are these explain things it cool. to me I all right don't know why. all right it's an online game, therefore other people see you. You need to look better than them. That's it. That's it. That's it? Yeah. 
It's an EP thing. My online <sighs> penis is bigger than your online <laughs> penis. Um, yeah, so it's like, the, I'm not going to do that this time around. Like if I do get back into it, I can tell it's not anything that I have any compulsion to drop money on this yep. time around. So yep. I, I will just be purely playing it for free. Um, and only playing it with, with a friend who plays it if he is on. Right. Um, what else? Ark. You oh, brought yes. it up the other day, I and did, I was like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some Ark, actually. Ark Survival Evolved is um, a game that's recently come out on Xbox One, and, and I don't think it's dropped on PS4 yet. No, it's no. not on PlayStation. Um, but it's been on Steam for a long time, and I got it last year when it was still in early access on Steam. It might still be in early access now. It's still in it early access. The Xbox version um, is definitely early access. Yeah, so I got it when it was on maybe even a Christmas sale, or some, it was some sort of sale. Um, and played it with some friends, and yeah, it was it was good fun. Um, and there's a there's a really cool mod for it called Survival of the Fittest, which basically turns it into Hunger Games. So you start off in the sky, you drop down in these columns of light. In the middle, there's all these caches of weapons. Everyone sprints into the middle, grabs their shit, sprints out, and you go get yourself lost in the forest, mm -hmm. sort through what you got, level up a bit, craft some stuff, and then go kill everyone. Whenever someone dies, there's the big screen in the sky that's like, Whoa, it's like this person killed by this person, and the X goes it through them like cool. it's Hunger Games. Um, but it's it's cool, yeah. So I was playing that um, not very well. I'm not good at that <laughs> game. Um, I, I leveled up a bit. I was like, okay, cool. I've got some materials. I'm going to craft me some armor and a spear, and I'm going to go hunting people. And the menus when you're crafting are semi-transparent. So you can see the stuff, but you can also see behind you. Right. But when you are crafting something, you can't close the menu until the the bar's full. Uh -huh. You haven't craft it. So I start crafting a spear, and through the transparent section of the menu, I see another dude with a spear sprinting towards me, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, no, no, cancel, close, get out, go! And then it's just, I'm dead. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, that's, eh. Um, but no, it is fun. It's You do have to buy it. Um, it is, I think, $20, $20 or yeah. something. Yeah. And... It's early access. It's not finished yet. Right. Um, it has a big community. A lot of people always playing it. But oh, bottom line is it's just a survival game. If you don't enjoy those games where progress resets every time you start it up, you don't keep anything. Right. Um, so it's a permadeath. Permadeath. Yeah. Um, PvP. So you're dying all the time if you're on a server with dickheads. Mm. Um, like It's very much you've got to be that sort of person to enjoy those games. I'm not that sort of person. I don't really enjoy them. I got it because... As I said, when I got it, it was on sale, and I got it with three friends, and so we made a tribe together, we all grouped up, and we were the dickheads running around in a larger force, taming raptors and sicking them on people to go <laughs> rip them apart. Like, you know, it's if you play with a group and you are the people who have domination over the server at that point in time, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. But if it's any other point in time and you are the underdog just getting hounded, it's not a fun experience. <laughs> it's not a great game. Sounds like my experience with Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. Load up the server, <laughs> run around, die. Ah, oh, okay. Reload, die. <laughs> Alright, okay, cool. Reload, maybe get a kill? Nah, dead. It's just, <laughs> to me, I mean, <clears throat> sure, there'd be an element of that where it gets frustrating and I'm like, okay, cool, I want to be better at this. Yeah. But, yeah. So you're now basically admitting that you were underplaying it slightly when we played that game in Battlefront together and you did abysmally and you said, oh, I'm just having an off day. You're actually admitting that, no, I, that's just how you always <clears> no, 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 I did originally have a good day. The first day I played that game, I was like, this is okay. Yeah. I'm doing all right. Um, but then from then on out, I think it was just a bit of beginner's luck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with sort of claiming that I was terrible at that game. But I've <laughs> traditionally been terrible at all of those kind of games. Yeah. Um, in my... 
my uh, my desire to sort of work at it and get better at them is, is quickly waning. So I'd probably have trouble playing Ark for any extended period of time. Yeah. <laughs> Unless yeah. I had a team of, of bigger... I'm like the, the school bully, you know, or, or the <laughs> yeah. school bully psychic, where I'm okay with being in the group because there's bigger people around me. Yeah. But if it's just been me by myself, nah. Yeah. <laughs> it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I quite enjoy permadeath actually because it makes me really think about my actions and, and you know what what to do and what don't be running around prancing through the level and the only <laughs> the only real permadeath game, I played a little bit of um, uh, that Fire Emblem yeah and I played more of Daisy and I really enjoyed Daisy when I was playing that I was playing it with a couple of people and um, I just never played anything before where there was the stakes were so fucking high yeah it was like you scavenge and you know you're 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 really trying to survive and you can't run out and you can't just be an idiot and yeah go and yeah prance around the level and stuff like that you really have to scavenge and be careful and, and you know when it's night time generally try and hunker down and yeah don't run around during the night it, yeah i really really enjoyed daisy i i remember them talking about that coming to playstation 4 some e3 it might have been the one just passed it might have been the one before that haven't heard a thing about it and i'm no. sure it's in permanent alpha yeah um, it probably is a lot of those games survival games in general seems to be a genre other than um what was that one that was free on playstation plus a while ago don't starve oh yes i think don't starve is the only example i can think of of a survival game that released yeah yeah. that wasn't just (laughs) in early access the forest or like any any of those ones they're all they're all all still in beta yeah Yeah, and and a lot of them just run out sort of not necessarily run out of funding, but maybe the developer just gets bored and moves on something yeah, else, yeah. and they're just that set forever in beta. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think honestly, the only example I can think of is Don't Starve, of one that actually came out. <laughs> um, the curse of the survival yeah. mm-hmm. games. Eh? Can your survival game survive? <laughs> oh, no, it's just the answer. <laughs> yeah, um, probably not. Yeah, no, I mean those are the main ones. I jumped into Blade and Soul a bit again, so there's been a big update. Mm-hmm. New class, Warlock. Tried that out. It's pretty cool. They throw trading cards at people. Really? So, trading cards, and then sometimes they hold their hand out, and the trading cards rotate around their hand, and then they shoot a giant laser like they're charging up a Kamehameha or something. Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty visually cool, <laughs> but but not really. Honestly, if I were to go back and play that game, that's probably the class I'd play. Mm. Because for me, in games in general, two things will sell me on a class or, or a specialization or anything like that in sort of an RPG, and that is, can I either A, fight with cards? I know it sounds really niche and weird, but you'd be surprised how often a class that fights with cards is in games, and I just always like classes that fight with cards of some sort. You get to be Gambit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. it, Gambit. Yeah. Um, or B, can I wear heavy armor but fight with two pistols? So like, uh, like a tanky gunslinger. Hmm. Um, that's it. I'm sold. If I can do either of those things, I'm <laughs> sold on a game. Not many let you do either, but there are enough for me to be able to find it every now and again. And when I see it, be like, I'm sold. That's it. I'm doing this. If I play this game, I'm doing this. Um, so yeah, jumped in a bit, played that. Not enough to pull me back into it. Um, but you know, if as I said, if I do play it again, that'll be what I'm playing. Right. The right. warlock. Um, and then just a crap load of Final Fantasy 14. Oh yeah. Going through all the dungeons, the raids, um, gearing up. Yeah, you well, the, the more I see you play that game, the more I'm, I'm subtly being pulled in its direction, which <laughs> is a big thing because MMOs typically I'll get over really quickly. Yeah, just purely because there's not enough. I, I guess in a way, there's too many sort of immersive immersion breaking things in those games. It's yeah. kind of like 
oh, you've, you've now got a steed. And so you press a button and suddenly the steed just appears underneath you mm. and then you're on it. And, then, you know, things like that where it's just things that wouldn't happen in real life and, and it just it feels clunky. It makes those yeah, games feel right. clumpy, clunky. So, and, and the quest and things, it's just, it, and, and people just running about and, I don't know, there's something about MMOs that just doesn't quite do it for me. Perhaps because my previous experience, well, my most recent MMO attempt was Elder Scrolls Online. (laughs) (laughs) And as you guys know, I thought that game was terrible. Just... Can I tell a real world story off the back of that? Something that happened yesterday. (laughs) So yesterday, um, I might as well come clean with the audience. I came clean with these guys already yesterday. I did buy a game. Um, I bought Twilight Princess HD Remake for Wii U. Um, pretty disappointed I, in this. <laughs> just... um, I did it for the amiibo, which is how potentially an even worse defense than I bought it because I wanted the game. Is I bought it because it had an amiibo. Um, <laughs> how long did I last? I don't know, a month? And maybe a month. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we could go back on the podcast and listen to when you say it. I'm we pretty could. sure it wasn't. I still, ago. I can justify it by saying that the reason of my resolution was to play through my back catalog. So as long as I don't actually play the game. I'm, while I may have broken the resolution, to myself, I'm still doing what I intended to do. Um, and I'm not planning <laughs> on touching the game, just unpackaging the Amiibo and putting it on the show. Um, anyway, while I was there, there was a guy in front of me taking fucking forever because he didn't know anything about anything. Further indication of this is he was buying Elder Scrolls Online for PS4. <laughs> and he was asking the guy behind the counter, he was like, so what is, you know, is it like Skyrim? And the guy was like, obviously hadn't played Elder Scrolls Online, the, the, the guy behind the counter. He was like, yeah, it's like Skyrim, but it's online. A, fucking lies, it's not like Skyrim. It's no, like shit. I mean, it's but, like Skyrim, <laughs> yeah. It, it's like Skyrim in the way that Final Fantasy is like Skyrim. They're both open world RPGs. Perhaps, yeah. That's about it. That's where the similarities end. Mm. Um, And not only did this guy buy Elder Scrolls Online, but because he then realised... He bought it because, you know, it's it's multiplayer and he wanted to play it with his son. So not only did he buy... Not only did he buy Elder Scrolls Online, but because they each have a PS4, he bought two copies of Elder Scrolls Online. (laughs) And I was just standing behind it like, I want to step in and say something, but who am I to, you know judge this man for buying what he thinks is going to be a good game. Enjoy that 6 out of 10, mate. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I felt really, really quite awkward standing Do you think maybe there. they could... I think if, if they really wanted to, they could reboot. Oh, absolutely. DSO and and they could, it could be great. Absolutely. I it could become amazing. It'd be like, like, Final, like the Realm Reborn. Final Fantasy XIV, prime example. The original was garbage. Everyone hated it. Even the developers fucking hated it after they put it out. They are like, <laughs> what were we thinking? re-released it a year later as a realm reborn completely overhauled everything nothing even vaguely similar bam i keep getting banner ads every time i'm on youtube apparently telling me it's the biggest most subbed to mmo at the moment i yeah, don't know that i believe um, them but pretty, yeah i'd say it yeah. probably is but um Elder, yeah. yeah if if you haven't played elder scrolls online um keep it that way yeah is my <laughs> advice terrible it's i mean it's nothing i mean it's i guess it's like skyrim and the fact that you're a person and you run about the same world but yeah, like you say, that's about where the similarities end. It's clunky. It's just, it's just, oh, don't even get me started. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to MMOs, I think the thing you have to consider before potentially investing in an MMO is are you the sort of person who maybe you'll be at work or you'll be out in town and you'll think, oh, did I leave the stove on? 
you know, or did I, did I leave the window open or did I remember to lock this door before I left? If you're that kind of person, do not get into MMOs because now on top of that, if you're walking around going, did I remember to, to do my, to do my weeklies this week? It's about mm. to reset tonight. Did I do it at the start before the reset or was I putting it off till the end? Did I do, <laughs> did I do this today? Did I leave my stove on in my MMO house? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, today, the whole time, I'll be honest, ever since we started talking about Final Fantasy fourteen, I've had it ticking over in the back of my head. The Jumbo Cactpot board results at the Gold Saucer were just announced. I need to remember to go and cash in my ticket as soon as I don't as think those were even words you just said then. That was just, just noise. Jumbo and board, at least, were words. Yeah. <laughs> the Gold Saucer, I know Gold what that Saucer, is. yeah, because yeah. that's from Seven. Um, yeah, so it is, it's just one of those things, you will all, it will always be on your mind. Even if it's not the main game you're playing, you'll always be remembering, like, have I done this? Did I need to do this? Mm. I should really go and do this. And it's just, if you're not the kind of person who can handle that, do not start playing an MMO. Well, that sounds quite awful to me. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I'll talk about the one game I've been playing, which is yeah. probably the antithesis of, of that, um, which is called The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, uh, which is a first-person game from a studio called The Astronauts. Um, and it's a it's a nice little game. It's visually very just a feast for the eyes, sumptuous feast for the eyes. Um, it got ported from the PC to PS4 into the Unreal 4 engine, um, and it really does it justice. It's just a beautiful, beautiful game. Um, it's sort of a mystery. There's some horror aspects in there as well. Not not really jump scares, I wouldn't say, but um, some sort of underlying dread and things like that. And I, I, it's hard not to, to to it's hard to talk about it because you can spoil it pretty easily. Um, but you, you're a detective and you show up in a, in a sort of New England setting, which is very uh, Stephen King-esque, you know, there's um, big, big woods and, um, and lakes and things like that. And it's just all very gloomy and it looks like Maine or something like that. Um, and <laughs> it really does. It's like that Maine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you're a detective and you show up and you're looking for this, this boy called Ethan Carter who wrote to you. And that's essentially all I can really say. Um, there's there's an interesting mechanic I can talk about because it's introduced in like the first 10 minutes. So the, the game sort of centers around you piecing together these murders. So you'll, you'll discover a body and they'll be killed and bleeding in some horrible way, have scissors in their face or something. And you'll, um, you sort of, you walk around the near vicinity, probably around 20 meter radius or something like that, and you find different artifacts. And then once you find all the artifacts, a little little thing will come up and it'll say chronology and you have to piece together, um, it'll, it'll sort of show silhouettes of what happened, um, mm -hmm. specific silhouettes, and you sort of have to piece together what happened when um, and into the chronology in which the events took place. And once you get that, it'll play out a little cutscene and, um, and it'll show you exactly what happened and you sort of figure out, oh, this person you know, was murdered by this and mm. um, this guy was run over by a train, which happens. Does that... Does that mechanic have sort of uh, repercussions for the rest of the game, or is it just like a nice little thing that they built in there as part of kind of like the murder mystery type approach to the? Yeah, the pro game? probably the latter more than anything. It doesn't mm. really have. Uh, I mean, it does in a way. It's quite an abstract game. Um, there's a lot of you know, is it real, is it not kind of stuff mm. going on. Um, and but yeah, it's just a mechanic I haven't really seen before, and yeah. I thought it was quite quite interesting and quite well used. <laughs> Sorry, apologies for the chainsaw next door. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure that's what that is. <laughs>
yeah, it's definitely chainsawing. Normally, electric yeah. toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a really good game. I finished it. I started playing it yesterday. Um, probably got in about four hours and probably about an hour this morning and finished it. So it's not very long. Um, and it's definitely when you start it up, it says this is a narrative-driven uh, experience, which will not hold your hand. So you keep that in mind as well. There's yeah. there's it says very, that specifically. It beginning. says that specifically. There's hmm. a little disclaimer at the start that comes up. Um, and I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. At the same time, um, oh shit, what am I yeah. kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but it's a, you know, I found it a lot easier than the witness. I didn't have to use a walkthrough once in mm. Vanishing of Ethan Carter. I found the puzzle quite satisfying. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, I just really highly, highly recommend it. I got it on sale on the PlayStation Store. Uh, I think it was about fifteen bucks. I got it for or something like that, and I'm I'm, I'm happy with that price. With that yeah. price. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't pay thirty or anything for that. Yeah. Um, but it's um, yeah, it's definitely a, a good goer at fifteen. Mm. Um, the the only, only only thing is the voice acting's a bit. Uh, it's not the worst voice acting in the world, but coming off Firewatch and coming off Witcher Three. Oh yeah. Um, it's pretty. You know, uh, it pales in comparison to those right. two. Those yep. two types. Yep. Mm. The only thing I know about Ethan Carter from my limited playing with it is if you turn around and walk through the tunnel, as soon as you, you know, when you start, yes. if you turn around and walk through the tunnel, you get an achievement. Oh, I'm going to go do that yeah. uh, when I get you home. You turn around, you walk through the tunnel, and when you get to the end of the tunnel and come out the other side, it's exactly where you were before you turned around and walked mm. through the tunnel. Okay. And you, you get go. an achievement That's for cool. it. Wow. Very cool. Mm. There's lots of symbolic cool stuff in there like that. Tunnels and whatnot. I call but... it wankery. <laughs> <laughs> There, yeah. Like, yeah, like when you mentioned that that uh, the little phrase at the beginning was like this doesn't hold your hand. You could either look at that and go, oh, that's cool, that's that's pretty cool. Or you mm. could look at it and go, man, that is so pretentious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it, it yeah. straddles that line. Mm. Um, but the game was, I enjoyed the game a lot, so it sort of I fell yeah. on the, that side of you know the side of the fence, thinking it was quite cool and it was a nice little. It's funny how start. that stuff is so open to perception as well mm. and interpretation. You know, like. Is something that thematically might seem pretentious, mm. but if you've actually sat down, experienced, and you enjoyed the way it was done, you're like, no, I don't think it's pretentious. I think it's symbolic or whatever. You know, like if you enjoyed yeah. it, you'll defend it. But if you either didn't enjoy it or don't know, you've just heard it, you're like, that sounds shit. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was only there, there was one puzzle in that game actually that I thought was really interesting that I'd never seen before. Um, so you go into a house and it's sort of all ramshackle and run down and stuff like that, and you read a note and it says talks about. Um, this being a wizard's house and, and you know, he, he's, he's done all this magic on the house um, so you'll never be able to find the secret room and you go up to doorways and there's sort of this blue sheen over the doorways looking like magical looking stuff. You press X um, on the doorways and it'll change what's in the next room so it'll change what it looks like mm -hmm. and what you have to do is essentially figure out how the house actually looks. Um, so you figure out what that room is and you, and you walk through the doorway and that'll, that'll you know, seal it so you can't change it. And you figure out what the next one is and, and you walk through that doorway and you go back and you're like, all right, the staircase is around there. So that couldn't possibly be there because that'd be blocking that. So mm. it must be that kind of thing. Um, and if you, I think if you fail, you know, if you get it wrong twice in a row, it resets the whole thing. So it's quite tricky. Yeah. Um, but I, I just thought it was a really interesting kind of thing. It was like you have to walk around and use perception and, 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 and sort of your point of view and mm. what could impossibilities you know, couldn't there be kind of thing? Yeah, bit of spatial um, awareness. Yeah, 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 it's, it's it was, very cool. It was quite cool. Um, you know, I mean, there was one where it was sort of a massive long hallway jutting out, and I was like, "Hang on, the house ends here, so that couldn't possibly be right." Kind of thing. Mm. So you're like, "Oh, it must be a small room or something like that." So very cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really nice. And 
was it that game where you couldn't run? It was no. Was that that's everybody's gone to the rapture. Ah, of course, everyone's yeah, gone yeah. to the rapture. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, that <laughs> that game breaking walking shit. speed kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that that game is was very disappointing. Um. Anyway, we'll move into news mm. now. The first thing I wanted to touch on very, very briefly, because it doesn't really matter that much, is Uncharted 4 has been delayed again. Everyone saw that. It's been del- <laughs> delayed by two weeks. Another two weeks. It's been delayed, so it's now moving into April uh, as our release date. Um, the thing that, that you know, Bruce Strally and Neil Druckmann made very, very clear is it's been delayed for them to meet demand in terms of copy, like making, making enough the, copies. Yeah, making yeah. enough copies and... and and be able to have everyone have it on the same day kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it's not due to game development. Or I wonder like where that. they're getting these figures from. But Saying, you know, they need more to meet the demand. Because as far from what I've seen, in New Zealand at least, obviously it's going to be different in other countries. But there's not been any announcements of pre-ordering. You know, typically people don't pre-order until there's a thing like, there's these editions or whatever, and then they'll mm. pick what they want and pre-order it. How does he know what the demand's going to be if people aren't pre-ordering because pre-order stuff hasn't been announced? Mm. There, there is pre-order stuff being announced. Mm. I yeah, haven't yeah. seen on, it. On Mighty Eight, there's the steel, steel book and the art, the steel book and the art book. Stuff. Art books are right. I hate when they're just like <laughs> pre-order and get a metal case. Who <laughs> <laughs> wants this get garbage? A <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that that's not a huge worrying mm. to me I, I did say before if you, there's, a, there's a third delay that's yeah, when I start I to get worried I was just about to say you were, you, you, yeah. but, the last time we talked about this on the podcast you said yeah no I'm okay with two yeah. that's alright I trust yeah. them but then it's happened again and I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of wondering whether it's whether what they're telling us is actually the real reason for the delay yeah, well, yeah. you know it, it, are they actually trying to you know finish up bits and pieces or are they printing more copies I'd, li- I'd like um, to believe them because I'd like to think that those guys are you know straight up with their fans yeah um, and two weeks isn't a huge concern yeah to me okay. it does push it into April which is unfortunate um, yeah know, two weeks does sound more like a publisher thing than a development thing mm. which you know the more copies would back up so yeah 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 but um, interesting and if that is the case that's kind of cool you know they care enough about their fans that hey look we want you all to have a good time with us right from the beginning yeah which is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, also i mean just on the on the topic of uncharted did you guys watch that trailer the story trailer yes with uh, un- uh assassin's creed oh yes picture i was just going to touch on your thoughts on the trailer and, and you know what you thought of that but yeah we'll also jump, <laughs> jump yeah it, it sort of seems painting gate <laughs> yes, something going on there. I, I didn't really care for that art. I was just like, "This is sweet. It's a cool bit of art." Like, you know, yeah. all <laughs> good. Didn't make it, it was uh, just another thing the internet blew out of proportion. Yeah. And I mean, and then immediately those people came on and they're like, "Oh, you didn't give Assassin's Creed a pass? Like when they're being shitty and their games aren't finished? Why? You, why would you give Naughty Dog a pass?" So there's well, it's immediately because it's not that their two. game isn't finished or shit. Yeah. A, they accidentally did something. I think what we can take away from that is that gamers have very little going on in their lives yeah <laughs> and they they will jump on absolutely anything yeah it's unbelievable but in in terms of the the trailer itself it looked really good um like visual like it looked really oh good. that's a gorgeous looking game yeah wow um, which is which is really cool and and i guess we shouldn't have expected anything less mm. um 
story-wise, it didn't give too much away. No, uh, it, it did give away the thing. You, you know, that you're going to see them as kids, or maybe even play as Nate mm. and uh, which already did in three, I believe. Mm. Kid Nate. Yes, and... I, I love that section as yeah. well in Uncharted, Uncharted Three in Morocco. It's yeah, brilliant. But then you never know. It may be it may be as small as a couple of flashbacks, and you may you know it. it yeah, it, it it certainly didn't tell us anything about the well much about the actual no, story that no, the game's no. going to follow but uh it's just sort of building up that relationship between between nate and i wish i can remember the name of his brother i'm just gonna call him troy bruce. baker bruce yeah troy that's, baker. His, that's his name though, yeah, right? yeah just yeah, in the yeah. game yeah, yeah. let's go with bruce for now troy, <laughs> troy drake yeah. but um yeah no it's building that up and i uh, interesting I, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall when amy hennig was penning that story because it sounds like They've really scrapped everything that she worked on and, and, and made it their own kind of thing. Mm, um, mm. Uh, you know, because she, she wrote the first three Uncharted, I believe, or might have just been two and three. Um, but it sounded like, you know, rumours were flying around that Uncharted 4 was going to, essentially, the, the, the crescendo was going to be um, Bruce betraying Nate. And mm. um, that sort of, it seemed a bit predictable and people weren't very happy about it. And I think that's what Bruce and Neil scrapped. They weren't happy with that sort of predictability, mm. and, and you know, oh, it's just this again. It's that trope of someone betraying. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So Flynn from Two all over again. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really, really intrigued as to how like those guys are dark. Those guys are some dark, twisted dudes. Like, well, the name of the game is a thief, a thief's end, end right? Yeah. So does he die? Wow, we'll have to wait and see. Won't we? And they say that it's going to be the last Uncharted game. Yeah, what well, they've released a comment. It's going to be very. They said it's it's going to be very tricky for Sony to continue the franchise, um, or uh, continue <laughs> Nate's story. I was like, hmm. The something maybe fakes his death and, and buggers off. A la Batman: The Dark Knight Rises. The neck down. Perhaps um, <laughs> becomes a tetraplegic. Yeah, <laughs> breathing through a straw. Oh, wouldn't, put, no. wouldn't put it past those guys <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we're all very much looking forward to that yeah absolutely um, given there's there's plenty of curveballs in there that they could throw uh, it could be it could be a great game yeah. I think there could be a lot more to it than the previous Uncharted games which yeah, yeah especially 1-2 were, were pretty straightforward story wise looking forward to these guys doing something a bit different yeah I mean they were, they both worked on 2 Oh, yeah. They um, or at least one of them did um, worked on the on the story of, of two. Uh, might even directed. I know Amy Hennig wrote it. Um, but that's why I, I love Uncharted two. It's one of my favorite games of all time, and that's it's always been my favorite Uncharted out of the three. Is mm. two because it's just so so good. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to that, and that'll be a, a day one purchase for me. My, one of my yeah. rare day one purchases. Yeah, that never happens. I'll pay full price for that. Yeah, I'll still try and you know work my magic. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. but um. Do a Ooh. phantom pain on it. Oh, yeah, potentially. <laughs> Pop a link in the description to Abe's magic. Yeah, Check yes. It out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll move on to um, uh, another announcement that, that, that sort of was probably last week, I think. Um, Activision, not at E3 either this year. So that's mm. two of the biggies out. Um, is Ubisoft yeah. going to follow suit? We can only hunt, right? Yeah. Mm. Ubisoft don't have the balls. <laughs> Calling you out now, Ubisoft. <laughs> yeah. You listen to this podcast. Yeah, which they definitely do. I can't imagine that they don't listen to this podcast. I really hope they don't pull out, to be honest, because it's such a joy watching the train wreck that is the Ubisoft press conference <laughs> every single it's, time. And it's they keep you guessing every year. Like, oh, absolutely. Who are they, which almost rock-bottom celebrity are they going to bring on this year? Yeah. They're, 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 they're really like, overly yeah. excited about their games. They're like Nintendo... 
but only in the way in which they're completely unpredictable. They do yeah. really stupid things, but they're not. It's not endearing in any way. As Nintendo <laughs> is very endearing because you're just like, oh, they don't know what they're doing, <laughs> yeah. and Ubisoft is like it's crazy Japanese. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, completely different. Eh? Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but at, at the moment, I guess um, I'm pretty happy to not not be pounded with uh, EA and Activision. Mm. Um, hey, you know it's going to be exclusive. This is this DLC is going to be exclusive to PS4. If I have to read that and that yeah. comes up on the screen any more than once, I'm going to be. And even if it's once, it better be for something we already know about. Like how uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 had that early access exclusivity for PS4. Something like that. If it's anything... I I will go further than saying if it's up more than once and just say if it's up for anything new, fuck off. (laughs) Sony should have learned their lesson by now. When the presenters are like, and it's coming exclusively to... PlayStation 4, and then they wait for a pause. It's like, we're not applauding that because that's that's anti-consumer. It's a Mm. terrible decision. So, no. It's even better when they wait for that applause. The applause doesn't come, and then they follow up with the bit that was meant to come after the applause, just saying, for two months. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you waited 10 seconds to finish your sentence. (laughs) It's like watching a canned laughter show without the canned laughter. There's this awkward pause, and Mm. it just ruins the whole... I wonder if that would make it better. Just putting canned laughter over it whenever there's the awkward pauses. That's a great idea. I think that could well, be a segment. So, Activision, <laughs> what did they do at E3 last year? Do you remember? Um, what did they do? There was the Black Ops 3 Black stuff. Black Ops 3, yeah. That was definitely a big one. Which was, uh, you know, exclusive on PS4 for two months. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it was. They, they did a partnership with Sony for that. Um, oh. I can't remember what else uh, Black Division did. Um, Black Division. <laughs> um, I guess... Yes, if that's the thing, you can't really remember what they did. It was probably wasn't a big deal. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if you yeah. count because they are owned, it is Activision Blizzard, then they would have done Overwatch and, and yeah. stuff. No, like because Overwatch was at BlizzCon. Blizzard doesn't make announcements at E3. Oh, really? They have their own thing. Oh, okay. And I'm wondering if Activision is pulling out because they're going to make it Activision BlizzCon. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Rather than just BlizzCon. Yeah, which, yeah. if they do, would not go over well with anyone at all. Because <laughs> people who like Activision games don't even fucking watch E3 or care about any of that shit because they just wait for the next yearly COD release to come out. And people who like Blizzard don't like Activision. They only like Blizzard. So if yeah. there's Activision at their BlizzCon, they'll be mad. <laughs> so it's not going to be smart if they pull out to join with BlizzCon. So I'm, I don't think they would, to be honest. I don't yeah. think they do that. I think it's more likely that just this year they've got nothing. Yeah. Right. What right. do you What do you guys think of, in terms of like all of these big players actually pulling out of E3 as far as what it means for E3? For E3. Yeah. You know, I, it sounds like I don't know. It sounds like E3's dying to me. Like honestly, mm. that that that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. Like it's becoming less and less a thing. I think Gamescom's on the up, and I think um, uh, what is it? P- Penny Arcade Expo. Yeah. Pax, Pax is, is definitely on the, on getting. The up. Definitely, like, the you see more and more things going to PAX in terms of tech demos and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's stuff that would have previously been E3. Go to E3, yeah. get hands-on with the commercial version of Oculus Rift two months before it comes out or whatever. No, yeah. that was at PAX, not E3 kind of thing. Like, PAX is definitely PAX is great, too. I like the diversity that they have there. Yeah, that's right. Really there's, um, there's a yearly D&D uh, show that they do, if anyone's out there is into tabletop games, um, with... Uh, with like it was originally with Will Wheaton and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Leonard Nemo. No, no, no. <laughs> Leonard Nemo was not there. The late um, oh, Patrick Rothfuss, who's a who's an author. Um, this real cool book um, called um, The Name of the Wind. 
But anyway, these guys play this like this this yearly D and D game where their their characters are all part of a, a company called Acquisitions Incorporated, and so they play these ridiculous D and D games where the, the dungeon master is one of the guys from Wizards of the Coast, um, and it's awesome. And it's probably it's probably the main reason that I originally heard about PAX was because yeah. they had this awesome, cool, diverse thing going on there, and it shocked me that it means that people are going, you know, perhaps this is. Yeah, jump in on that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll be able to bring people in from other other markets. Yeah, yeah. E3 just just seems to be becoming uh, just I don't know. Not not much happens there really. Yeah. To be honest, I think E3 started dying when people stopped covering it. Like yeah. E3 always yeah. had its own. You know, it put out its conferences and its talks, obviously hourly or whatever. They were live, and then they do the on demand thing an hour later. Um, but People like, you know, other sites, journalists, even YouTubers, E3 was the convention they all loathed going to, not right. the one they looked forward going to. And I think when that point set in and nobody actively wanted to go there anymore was when it all started dying. Because they went purely because they felt they had to. Like, yeah. oh, I need to go to E3 because there might be an announcement that I should cover. But if there wasn't an announcement to cover, they wouldn't fucking put out anything on E3. Yeah. It was just yeah. shit. And that was when it started dying. Oh, that's uh, a depressing <laughs> note to, to, to you know end the news segment on. But we'll move into discussions, which for for which I have one big one that I really want to talk to you guys about, which is No Man's Sky. So, mm. a lot of a lot of news got really revealed uh, about No Man's Sky. A lot of they actually revealed some some things, some features. Um, there's going to be NPCs in the game. They they finally revealed that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be you know trading and stuff. I guess we always knew that, but. Mm. Something I'm really, like, you know, I've never been against, no, I've never been one of the haters on No Man's Sky. I've always been intrigued by it, and I really want them to succeed, because they're a 15-person dev house from mm. Guildford in England, mm. um, and I really want them to succeed. Um, the game definitely looks like, uh, you know, it could just be boring in about half an hour, because yeah. it's yeah. Too, too big kind of thing. But at the same time, they, so I'll, I'll go over a couple of things they released, so one of the things I found really interesting is NPCs, obviously, because I hadn't revealed that. Right. Um, so there's going to be NPCs, and they're going to be aliens, and there's going to be you know a lot of a lot of factions and races of these NPCs, and you can't understand them because they speak their own language. Um, really? What you do is you you know you go throughout these planets or, or um, walk around on the planets, and you find these giant monolith kind of stone things, and you interact with them, and that allows you to learn words and bits and pieces of their language hmm. so when you go back and talk to them it'll it'll say it'll be all gibberish and then there'll be one english word and you can kind of you can either mm. you know risk it and try and interact with them and potentially offend them and they'll maybe they'll come after you or you won't be able to trade with them or something like that or you can just wait till you've you know really learned all their language and then you're able to interact with them um, in the dialogue trees that's pretty cool yeah i thought yeah. that was really cool as well eh? that was that was the sort of thing i was like oh, i'm actually more intrigued by this game now mm. like it, it's kind of like the Albed journals in Final Fantasy X, where you just find these texts yeah. and then it lets you decipher old text. And so as you go through, there was a race of people who would always talk with each other and you'd have an interpreter with you. Mm-hmm. But as you went through and collected these texts, there would be more and more English words mixed in with what they were saying until eventually, if you were going around and getting them all by the end of the game, you would fully understand everything they oh, were okay. saying as they yeah. were talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. It is oh, a cool mechanic. I guess the question for me with these kind of things that they're adding and, and, and all that kind of thing is, and especially given the whole premise of the game and its size, is what's the end goal? 
you know, what, what are you working towards? It was something about getting to the centre of, of the universe. Getting to the centre of the universe was the main thing. Um, apparently it's going to take an insanely amount, long amount of time to do that. To make that happen. Um, mm. But you do upgrade a ship and get warp drives and stuff like that, so I think you can probably um, get there yeah, 100, 100, 200 hours, maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I, I mean, my biggest concern would be, like, is there going to be enough going on between point A and mm. point centre of the universe mm. to keep you engaged and really actually want, you know, or is it, or is it enough to one to, to keep in your mind wondering what it actually means to get to the centre of the universe? Yeah, like, yeah. Who knows what's there? It, you know? It's essentially all about if they build the law well, um, and they, you know, they have like intriguing little things. You're like, hmm, what mm. that means? And, and um, I'm I'm fully on board. Um, but if it is just completely, you know, barren planets, you just mine some resources and upgrade some stuff and leave that planet and go to the next barren planet and mine some resources and yeah. then yeah I, I can't see myself playing it for that long but I'm, I'm definitely intrigued and I will I'll, I'll yeah. pick it up and we all know like there's you know whenever you see interviews with Sean Murray he's like oh we can't talk about VR we all know it's coming it's exclusive to PlayStation VR and it's going to be a launch title so we'll just cut the crap it's definitely <laughs> PlayStation VR we've seen VR kits in the back of videos in uh, Hello Games offices it's definitely on PlayStation yeah. VR. It's almost certainly a launch title. So that I'm I'm intrigued because if PlayStation VR is really good, that would be a cool game to, to muck around mm. in. Definitely mm. a cool game. And and definitely, you know, call it a glorified tech demo, but it'd still be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, sixty dollar price tag uh, for America, it'll you know, be your usual eighty to hundred it's 80, I think. I 80 saw pre-orders up for it. 80 is fine. Yeah. I, I, I had extrapolated that out to be the usual cost of a AAA game in New Zealand, yeah. which, if you don't know, is about at 120 yeah. like off the shelf right on launch day. Mm. Yeah. Uh, on, from, a, from a bad retailer, 120. Yeah. You, could, you could probably get more close to 100, usually, um, from, you know, other ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that it, it's still, like, as far as the VR kind of thing, for me, I'm I'm only going to get into it if VR turns out to be really good, and yeah. even then, having a launch title like that is uh, I probably would have played through no well, played a big chunk of No Man's Sky before. Right. I'm ever ever sold on VR. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Although I might, we might get a chance to try out VR in the coming days. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So potentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on it, Balthazar? Because I can see you over there shaking your head <laughs> like, a, like an angry old man. Yeah, I think No Man's Sky is a crockfold shit. <laughs> Frankly, all the tech demos, all the gameplay, everything they've shown has been float through space and scan plants the fucking video game and it looks like utter garbage and anyone buying into it is a fucking idiot. End of it. That's it. <laughs> I could rant for hours on how shit this game looks. Doesn't matter how much they talk about all these things they're putting in, they've shown fucking none of it. Every time they've shown anything, it's been like, look, a space battle over there. We're just going to ignore that and go to this planet over here. They always keep going on about all this shit going on in space, and then they conveniently miss it or go past it. Because I don't think there's fucking anything you can actually interact with. I think it's land on the planet, scan shit, fly into space again, land on a planet, scan shit. I haven't even seen flying through space. Every time they're like, oh, let's speed this up by warping to the next planet. They haven't even shown flying. They've shown nothing. They've shown scanning plants. That's it. Yeah, That's it all they've insane. shown for this fucking game. And then they're like, $80, please. Nah. Fuck you. Done. Set, set your present <laughs> pretty clear there. What if it comes out and it's like the next big thing? And, and Then it's... they hopefully will learn by the time they make a next game how to promote it. 
and actually <laughs> advertise what the game does instead of just showing scam plants in the mm. video game. Because yeah. until, I mean, they no, may no, release a trailer in a week and I'll be like, sweet, I'm finally actually seeing what they say they're putting in and it looks good. But at this mm. stage, everything they've actually shown us has just been the same crap over and over. There and it go. doesn't look even vaguely engaging or interesting it's to me. pretty vast Personally, yeah. my opinion <laughs> is it's shit. It's good. I feel like they've shown quite a quite a, a range of different things now. I mean, especially the footage they released recently, um, which was you know going up and interacting with these monoliths and all sorts of um, trading and stuff like that. It's all passive. I think that's my problem with it. It's all passive. It's all just walk up and interact with something. Walk up, interact with something. There's no... Nothing seems to change. I mean, yeah, when you get these monoliths, you learn the language. The language they speak will change. But still, that's just text that changes. It's not the universe fucking changing. Nothing you do so far that they've shown seems to have an impact on anything else in the universe whatsoever. Mm. So mm. then my question is, why the fuck am I doing it? Yeah. What is the point? Mm. So I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by the mystery, though, Like at the same time, because we don't have that very often games it's always this is the feature set this is what you do this is all of the and then you get the game and you're like oh yeah there it is yeah that's exactly it is exactly what it said on the box yeah 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 so I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by the mystery of it all it could be you know a horrible mistake to have that mindset i'm pretty sure it's just spore 2.0 <laughs> that's what i'm entire with that brush i'm pretty but... sure it's just spore 2.0 <laughs> everything you ever want but none of it that's all <laughs> mm. Oh, we'll have to see about that one. Yeah, we will. Um, yeah, the writing is on the wall. I will admit I'm wrong if this game proves me wrong. <laughs> it won't. I just, I just want them, <laughs> We won't be having that conversation. I just want them to succeed so bad because they look like such good people. And they're doing such a... You know, they're, they're putting in the hard yards kind of thing. And, yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think I might have said in the past, I mean, even if it is not that great, at least they've set a precedent for what games could be. Mm. And, and they've sort of gone out of their shell and said, hey, we're making this procedurally generated game. Here's, here's a possibility. Uh, you know, they're rolling the dice on that. And that's pretty cool for just sort of pushing the boundaries in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is, is enough for me to still be on their side. Yeah, it's, something, it's definitely something different. Mm. It's, yeah, Even if their game that. could turn out to be a crock of shit, is. Yeah. That's what I said. Oh, well, so, yeah, we shall see. All right, so, so another thing actually that's come up recently in, in the old uh, games world is, is this idea, well, I don't even know how fleshed out this idea is, but uh, the idea of essentially Xbox One, I wanted to coin it saying it'll be the immortal Xbox One and that it'll maybe a couple times in each sort of console generation it will a hardware upgrade will be released mm. um so essentially you know I, I guess that would add ram yeah new new, yeah. new components Possibly and things. new gpus and... yeah which i mean what do you guys think does that mean that it's no longer a console is that no mm. uh my thought on that is i mean yeah it being upgradable does certainly make it more like a pc um, and it gives that edge that PC gamers always, you know, flaunt having that console games don't have, which is the ability to upgrade and stay relevant. Um, but I think the thing, for me, the main thing that, that separates console from PC and in many regards makes a console more appealing than a PC is it works out of the box. You take yeah. it out, you plug it in, mm. you play your yeah. games. There's no faffing around. There's no installing drivers, other, other products, fucking around with keys and operating systems. It's literally just turn it on, launch the game. Yeah. And I think because of that, the Xbox will always stay a console. I mean, there were those talks of having a 
Xbox friendly version of Windows 10 on it um, mm. with like a, a kind of desktop and everything. Um, if that's the case, I mean, assuming it doesn't replace the Xbox operating system and there's kind of an option, like you can use this if you want a more PC mm. um, feeling experience, but the main one will always be the Xbox dashboard, then I feel it will remain a console. Yeah, but if they do bog it down with other software and stuff that you can use with it, and its primary function is no longer gaming, or that other software gets in the way of gaming and sometimes causes bugs and crashes that otherwise wouldn't exist, then it starts to encroach the realm of PC. Mm. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like if your PC is running Windows 10 and your Xbox is running Windows 10, are they not just the exact same thing? With a screen attached to it, mm. you know. Mm. Um, I mean, there's. I guess that's the negative way of looking at it. I think you can you could paint it in a positive light as well, as it's you know better experience for console gamers and all that kind of stuff. But it, yeah, it almost seems like they're sort of I guess marketing themselves out of a market in some ways. It's yeah, like, or trying to define a new market. Yeah, kind of a, yeah. A in between to fit into. Mm. But in saying all of this, I think, to be honest, I think these internet rumors are based purely on maybe a couple one-liners from mm. whoever the guy is. At Phil, Phil Spencer. Yeah, he, yeah. he did He did tweet uh, something to, to do with, oh, we're not going to release a new Xbox, but every Xbox with a screwdriver kit or something like that, um, saying, you know, you're not going to have to un mm. uninstall this thing manually yourself. Yeah, or, well, I mean, I'm assuming it will work similarly to what, I mean, again, no confirmed facts, merely internet rumors. Um, but with the uh, PlayStation VR, how they were going to release a new processor. Yeah. Um, and you yeah, kind of yeah. plug it into your PlayStation. A little box. To then give it enough power to actually run VR games. Mm. I'm assuming it would be something like that. You mm. don't take your Xbox apart and put stuff in. You merely attach something onto sort the back or the front that, just that, kinda... that has that extra processor in it yeah. or has that additional RAM. and, and kind that, of that place that, that's, I'm pretty sure that's fact that they yeah. are releasing a little. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the box and they were discussing it. Couple of websites, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that's, that, that yeah. 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 There you go. Well, I, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what that does to the whole uh, our traditional idea of what console generations are all about. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you guys think it would be too early to announce a rejuvenated Xbox One at the C3? I guess. Well, I guess we don't know because we don't know how far along they are with right. the development of these. What I would assume are just plugins. Yeah. Um, physical plugins of course um i mean yeah i guess it would depend on how far along they are if they can actually confirm that there is something heavily under work that will beef up the xbox one mm -hmm. then yeah mm -hmm. go for it announce it but if it's something where they're just starting to think about how they might be able to do it and and whether it's a possibility or even just confirming it is a possibility they probably don't have enough yet to yeah. say we're doing this we'll, we'll probably be able to get into that a bit more closer to the time mm -hmm. closer to e3 i think when we, we can we can have a prediction uh, episode and, and maybe even a, a pool where we, we can, you know have some uh, E3 bingo and, and various things like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Be, be a bit of good fun. Yeah. Um, so I think that's about all we've got time for this episode, guys. Thank you again for joining us, uh, tuning in, and we'll be back in about two weeks with some more um, some more banter. Sure will be. See so you guys. Have a great then. couple of weeks. Catch you later. See ya.